Hello, thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast. I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International right here in Columbus, Georgia. With harvest season approaching, God has impressed upon my heart to remind the people of God the importance of using our faith to reap His harvest. As a matter of fact, I'd like to share with you this new series entitled Faith for the Harvest. I believe it's gonna be a big blessing to you. So grab your Bibles, Prepare to take great notes and let's dive into the word together. Hallelujah. This message has been has been stirring within me for about six weeks now. And I was seeking the Lord on what we would discuss this month as a church family. And uh, specifically, he gave me this message and uh I'm excited about where we're going with it. The message is faith for the harvest. Look your neighbor in the eyes and tell them, say it's time for us to use our faith to reap the Lord's harvest. Look at somebody else and tell them that same thing. Say, I said it's time for us to use our faith to reap the Lord's harvest. Yeah. Now, if we're going to reap the Lord's harvest, we have to come to an understanding of what the Lord's harvest is. When we think of harvest time, we get really excited because we start thinking about the fact that there are some good things that God has in store for his people. And we've sown seed in good time and we've we've labored over the ground. We've worked, we've toiled and we've made sure that what we sowed in the ground in due season would break forth and yield a harvest that we ourselves would be able to reap and benefit from. So you get excited when you start talking about harvest time. Anybody like me, when, when it comes, when you start hearing the terms harvest, you get excited. And and if you're not careful, you'll start thinking, shoot, this thing is all about me. (laughs) Because I've been waiting on my season long. And I believe that God has things that are that are time released for his people that are held in in, at for an appointed time to be released for his people. But make no mistake, when it comes to the Lord, who is the Lord of the harvest, who is the maker of both heaven and earth, the Lord of both the living and the dead, when it comes to the harvest that he is most impressed with, that he is most adamant about ensuring that when its season is there, that it breathes forth in its entirety, that it produces the most that it possibly can there is one thing one commodity that God sees as his most precious harvest and you're looking at it right now in this room yeah, the Lord's harvest is not money. The Lord's harvest is not tied up in wealth and riches. The Bible declares the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world watch this but he denotes a difference he says the world and they that that dwell therein so he separates he he puts a distinction between the world and those who dwell in the world. The greatest resource that God has in the earth, he saved the best for last. 
when you look in the book of beginnings, you look at Genesis chapter one and you see how God goes through the preparatory stage of creating an environment and atmosphere for this thing, this holy thing that he's going to release in the earth at its appointed time. He starts out by creating the, the earth itself. He starts out by separating light from darkness, separating land from water. And then he begins to, to cause to break out of the earth and out of the water these earth, these creatures that are going to fill the earth so that this thing, this holy thing that he has intent to, to release at its appointed time will be able to lord over and benefit from all of the, the, the creatures of the sea and all of the fowls of the air and all of the things that creepeth upon the earth and even the resources that the earth itself will produce. I know over in the Middle East there's this big deal that much to do about the oil and the natural resources that we're acting like belongs to us but we don't even know how to create it. We wouldn't know how to create it if we if God gave us the, the ingredients and the, and the recipe for it ourselves but the reality of it is God is not moved by the natural resources he is his heart is for the living resource he saved the best for laugh the Bible says in the sixth day God said let us make man not in the image of the earth we're not, we're not going to pull man out of the sea and cause him to be. We're not going to cause man to exist, to break forth out of the ground. Though I will use the ground to give him illegality in the earth that is covered with ground, I will cover him with ground, but I don't want him to be of the earth. I want him to be of God. I want him to be in my image and after my likeness and, and in my image. And, and so I want him to be special, to distinct him from just earthly things. And he creates this thing called man. Angels are dumbfounded by how he loves man so much. They ask the question, what is man that you're so mindful of him? Why do you give him all of your attention? Why would you part from your, your only begotten son to ensure that they are able to be in right relationship with you? They're the ones that messed it up anyway. You made it for them. They messed it up. Just toss them out with the garbage. They don't deserve it. What is man that you're so mindful of him? And I see, I can see the heart of God reaching out saying, man is me. Y'all miss that. Man is me. That's why I'm so mindful of him. He's a chip off the old block, the apple that didn't fall far from a tree. Man was created in the image and after the likeness of God. Though we were created after the likeness of Adam, the first Adam, thank God for Jesus, that, that was the second Adam that caused us to be different, distinct again from even all of those friends that you surround yourself with. Somebody say it's just something different about a believer. It's something different about people who know who they are in God because you've received an awakening you realize that I'm not here just to fit in. Like how Ann Hartman used to say, I'm here to take over. And so I'm God's greatest resource. And so when we talk about this being a time that we apply our faith for the harvest, we're not applying our faith merely to increase our income. We're not applying our faith merely to, to, to make sure that we have a nicer car or a nicer home or that we moving on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment in the sky. Well, that's not what we're using our faith towards. We're using our faith towards the Lord's harvest. Somebody say the Lord's harvest. Lord's harvest and Lord's harvest are those souls that have not yet come into the knowledge of who he is. And so it's on God's heart now, friends, it's on God's heart that those people who we are aware of that don't know who Jesus is, it's time for us to start getting in their business. I brought my own amens today because I understand that the Bible declares that the angels rejoice.
They, they stand with joy when one sinner repented. They, 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 they stand on the edge of the, of the threshold of heaven, looking down into earth, and they look back at the Father, and they say, what I'm about to repent, Lord, what I'm about to repent, to strike up the band, strike up the band, and Satan, with his low-level self, just gets frustrated because he used to be the striker up of the band, and he's losing his grip in the earth because these sin-ridden souls are turning back to the Father, and they're coming back in right standing, much like you and I did when we were lost they're turning back to the father and heaven says hallelujah and they begin to break out in a praise because they understand that God's harvest God's harvest is the greatest resource that he ever placed in the earth we don't get excited about salvation like we used to yeah we don't get excited about the saving of souls matter of fact we don't even look towards salvation the way we look used to we'll let wayward people walk by us and won't say a thing about the situation that they're in why because we've gotten comfortable and complacent with the fact that we saved but God never came for one soul God is about clusters you think about most fruit no there are very few crop in the world that produce one specific fruit and in its season alone most all plants they release in abundance a harvest. And so God's desire is that his harvest be reaped. Somebody say his harvest, his harvest, his harvest. And so we must, we must turn our faith, our faith, we must turn our faith towards the Lord's harvest. Now I'm going to kind of take us on a journey today because I understand when we talk about the Lord's harvest and when we talk about wayward souls, in this present day and age, it's looking kind of bleak. It's looking kind of dim. Some people out there will cause us to think that, boy, you know, some folk, I don't know if they ever will get saved. Okay, you can act like that if you want to. You got some folk in your family that you done gave up on. You got some friends that you just say, oh, they, 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 just, they, they just don't want nothing to do with the Lord and they just going to die. And they just, I, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't make them accept the Lord. We've settled within ourselves that they are going to a certain demise just because they have chosen a lifestyle that is contrary to the word of the Lord. Yeah, but they still in your life. I'm going to work. I'm going to work today. Yeah, but they're still in your life. You have at least once or twice a week you on the phone with them. Yeah, I want to I I I fight you a little bit this morning. I came with my blocks and gloves on, some, some Vaseline to rub on my, on my cheekbones, because I know you're going to swing at me. I know. We've written some people off as if they're, oh, they're just, they're, they'll never change. Well, think back to you. Think back to you when you were stuck in your sin. Think back to you because humans tend to be creatures of habit. And when we lock into a habit, it's hard for us to change. That's why the message of Christ is repent, change, change the way you think, change the way you approach life. Get ready to totally do an about face when it comes to the things of me. Because the things that you are habitually doing, Jesus didn't come for religion. Jesus didn't come for us to come to church. Jesus didn't come for us just so that we could come in here and put on our nice suit and tie and impress each other which I'm, with our much speaking and our scripture quoting. Jesus ain't impressed by all of that. Jesus is the word. He ain't impressed by you knowing the word. And so I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact 
that the reason that the word came to the earth was to set the captive free. Anybody in here remember when you were captive? Anybody remember in here when you were trying to break loose from things and it had a hold on you and you just kept trying to, man, I don't know why I keep going back to this mess. I don't know why I keep letting them talk to me like that and just treat me in a kind of way and I still go back and I, I don't know why I keep letting me just bound to foolishness. But then you came into an awareness of who you were in God. Somebody act like you know what I'm talking about in here came into an awareness of the fact that Christ came to make you free and whom the son is made free is free indeed. Got yourself cleaned up. Got yourself, got a heart change. See, we're wanting people to change their action before they change their heart and we start judging them and we start condemning them. I'm, I'm here to tell you now there's some folks sitting in this room right now that got some real nice actions but their heart ain't with God. Their heart is far from them. There's some folk in this room right now that talk a good game. They speak real good when it comes to the things of the Lord and blessed and highly favored and the Lord is good and God is good and all all the time but in their heart he ain't never shown his when Samuel came to the house of Jesse man of God he he came with his eyes on the outward God said you better fix it and you better fix it fast because these jokers are fool you with their square shoulders remember what you had when you had Saul Saul looked apart but in his heart he wasn't of me God judges the heart God wants to change hearts Sometimes we write people off because their external don't look churchy enough. I'm just... Truth be told, I'm about tired of this churchy stuff that we've created because it puts up barriers that folk that really need a heart change, they can't find them in here. We might not smoke like we used to. We might not drink like we used to. But we hold grudges worse than some folk out there in the world. So God says, you better change your mind. You better repent again because there's some folk out there in the world that are out preach some of the best preachers. And they never been trained. There's some folk out there in the world that's, that's had an encounter with God at the club. You better listen to me. There's some folk out there that had an encounter with God while they were in the foster home. It was, it's, it's some people, it's some people that's had an encounter with God. They just don't know how to get to him and lock into him. And so, and so they need our faith. They need our faith. Look at somebody and tell them they need your faith. They don't need your judgment. They need your faith. They don't need your ridicule. They need your faith. They don't need your your isms and your schisms. They need your faith. They don't need your laundry list of to-dos and to-don'ts. They need your faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. Some folk want to come out of their dark places. Some people want to come out of their foolishness. Everybody that's in sin don't want to be there. So they need the faith of the righteous. They need the faith of the believers to say, man, you can come out of that. You can be freed. If you want to, you can be freed. I'll believe with you. I'll stand arm in arm with you. But it's going to take us being willing to change our garments. Yeah, it's going to, yeah, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to take them. I'm going to have to end here today. It's going to take us having to change our garments. See, we're accustomed to being uh, 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 believers in a time of peace. 
We're accustomed to being believers when things are good. We're accustomed to serving God and being excited about the increase, the overflow, the season of the double. We're excited that when God heaps upon us increase, that we're in a good place. But what about when the season of double brings folks who are doubly locked in bondage? What about when the season of double produces, it heaps upon you more and more darkness? People are so bound in their sin that it don't look like they ever going to come out. That's when we got to take off our our, our garments of peace. And we got to, I like how the praise team said this morning. This is a spirit-led church. We all here by God. Praise team said, I got my war clothes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm willing to fight for somebody that's out there locked in sin. I'm I'm willing to go after that young lady who's selling her body for the sake of just trying to make a a dollar or two. Uh, And and if I got to stand between her and the pimp, I stand in faith and I tell that joker, you better get your, you better get your eyes off my sister. She belongs, you got all them other ones and I might be coming after them before long. But for this one, for this one right here, for this one right now, I'm, I'm, me and all of heaven will stand right between you. Who you is will be like Elijah standing on the mountain. Open up that servant boy's eyes so they can see that there's more for us that might be against us. I got my war clothes on. If I die, let me die. But I'm dying in the army. We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about it. People talk about it. People lie on us. And people scandalize our name. Old saints used to use those terms because they knew when they stood for righteousness, it was going to be a price to be paid. I want you to see the image of what it looks like to change your garments. I want you to see an image. I gave the the, the media ministry an image. This is an image. It should be very familiar to most of us. If you see it, see see if you can tell me who you think this is when they put that on the screen. Who, 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 Who is that? Who is that? Captain America started out as a young boy. He didn't have much power. Matter of fact, he was real small. If you remember the original uh, uh, movie concerning Captain America, he started out real slim, unable to fight. And and yet he had this conversion that took place on the inside of him. And he received power to be able to fight. But he had to be willing to change his garb. He had to be willing to change his garments. And so he he signed up for this program and and they infused him with this power. And then they gave him this thing called a shield. Shield. Why a shield? I can understand why a shield because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 it says that we should put on the whole armor of God that we might fight the enemy. And it goes on to say to, to different things that you will put on. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put the feet shot with the preparation for the gospel of peace. Put your, your breastplate with, uh, of righteousness. Have your loins girt about with, the, with, the, uh, with, with truth and make sure that you uh, uh, have the sword of the spirit. But I like how it says around verse number 16 it says and above all things Come on, come on, come on, come on. Above all. So you would think that above all you would have the word. You would think that above all you would have the word. But anybody can tote a sword and act like they know what to do with it. But when it's time, when it's time to, 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 to suffer an attack, that's when the real men and women stand up. Because most folk, they'll run, tuck tail and run when the battle gets hot. But those who have a shield, they'll say, I don't care what you throw at me, I ain't going nowhere. I'm hell, high water, sink, swim, talk about me, lie on me, whatever you're going to do, I'm I'm in this fight because I'm in it and I'm in it to win it. Come what may. Above all else, 
take the shield of faith. So we got to be willing to change our guard, change our approach, change our perspective as pertains to what we're doing with this thing called faith. Our faith, though it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, it is not just the substance of things that I'm hoping for for myself. It's not just the evidence of things that I can't see that I desire for me. I'm turning my heart to the things of God. God, what is the substance of what you're hoping for? And I'll take my faith and I'll put, get to work on it. Ooh, it's different. It's different. God, what is the evidence of what man can see that you want him to see? And I'll put my faith, whether it benefits me or not. Put the image back up there. If you would, let him see it. Let him see the image of Captain America. Look at, look at what he's going through. The, the climate is not conducive for pretty war. <laughs> it don't look fun out there. But notice, notice, it looks like he it looks like he's running into battle. Even though it may seem like there's there's an onslaught against him, he's forging forward into the battle. Why? Not because the attack is on him. But he stands, he stands for a nation. He stands for a nation. Whether the nation appreciates him or not. Whether they call his name or not. Whether they have him out on display. Here's another thing I like, I like about Captain America. Y'all probably going to go back and watch this movie when you get home. That's fine. Just make sure you, know, you, you, know, you, you remember this message, not just the movie. One thing I like about Captain America, when he first came on the scene, they tried to put him as a trophy case. Just a guy who was, you know, he was very strong. He was very, uh, you know, attractive looking. He was a handsome guy. Oh, yeah, let him be the image of America. He said, I don't want to just be the image. Because in the time of war, the captain needs to be in battle. See, that's what we miss. That's one thing I like about King David. King David wasn't a king that said, y'all go fight. Y'all go fight. And I'll, I'll make sure everything all right back home. The one time he did, that was the greatest failure of his entire life. Out there looking down on, the, on at somebody, a naked woman taking a shower. Your behind supposed to be out there fighting. Well, isn't that like us? We're looking what pleases us, how we can utilize our faith to please us, as opposed to taking our faith and going when it's time. For, I could see if it was a time of peace, but y'all lives are at stake. You got personal family members, personal friends that's battling right now with their identity, with their purpose. And they're just mimicking what they've seen in the world. Get on our children all the time. Stop acting like what you see them doing out there. Y'all didn't say amen to that like you ever experienced the same thing. I feel like I got a pee-pee. You know the pee-pee dance. I, uh, it just irks me. Stop, stop mimicking these clowns out there in the world that's doing anything for some money. Don't be them. Oh. I was I saw I forget a video or something where a, a prominent rapper was being interviewed and he was asked do do rappers live the lives that they rap about uh it was what's that guy's name Jay-Z pretty prevalent right he said I gotta be honest with you 
No, we don't. He looked at the audience and said, I'm sorry. Sorry y'all thought that we were, you know, really living this stuff that we're rapping about. We're just trying to make some money. Ain't never had a gun, ain't never had a gun pointed at them, but swear they a glug, 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 glug. A bus of cap, being raised in the hood. Don't even know the, the area code of the hood. Zip code, area code, don't even know the street name. But got our babies thinking. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. My pants might be a little tighter. Pants might be a little tighter because I've been in Mississippi. You don't even know what symbol you throwing up. Where you get that grill from? From the mall. It come out, see? What am I trying to get you? Dying. So we can't use our faith for selfish gain anymore. It's time for us to... Come. Yeah, come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Just got a testimony. One of our, one of our members said, man, I'm out of debt again. Just paid off such and such again. Y'all got... Yeah, that's, that's... Out of debt... Had another debt, got out of, what am I saying? Y'all, God done took good care of us. So it's time for us to start. It's time for us to turn our attention now. And this isn't directed to that person. This is directed to a generation saying, God got us. But he has us so that we can go get others. It's time to turn our faith for the harvest. They're in need, they're in need, they're in need, they're in need. They're in need. Somebody say they need me. They need. So we must understand that God's harvest, God's harvest is all about the gathering of souls that he has prepared to be converted to Christ. And it's going to take our faith. Our theme scripture for this month, and I'm going to go in all throughout this, this conversation as long as the Lord will allow us. But we find it in Acts chapter 16, verse number 31. The Lord willing, I'll deal with this at the next service. I don't know. You never know what you're going to get in here. I'm telling you now, because this thing, I'm, I'm full with it. This is a very familiar passage of scripture to us. I won't go into the context of it. I just want you to see the content in verse number 31. Acts chapter 16, verse number 31. If you would, please read it with me on the count of three. One, two, three. And they said... Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Point of emphasis here as we close. Point of emphasis here is that the individual was going to be saved, and not just them by themselves, but their entire house. Now, that's a whole other message, but the key to their salvation in the midst of their situation was that they had to believe. But the belief wasn't, wasn't, wasn't 
prompted by the individual themselves who was in need of salvation. The belief was prompted by the apostle in the situation saying, if you'll believe like I believe that you can believe, then you'll be saved, not just you by yourself, but everybody in your household. I don't know about you, but there are some people in my indirect household, not family members per se, but there are some people that I feel like are part of my world that are connected to me. That despite all my living as an example and not speaking specifically concerning where the source of mine comes from, they ain't changed yet. So since they ain't changed, I'm getting ready to change. It was a time where we said we were just going to show people and then that they was going to start being attracted. Well, that's one fact. That's one side of one coin. But I believe what God wants us to start doing in this season, somebody say this season, is that we need to start speaking the truth, speaking up about where we get what we got from. Got to be tactful because you can't go in. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? They're going to oh, yo, oh, oh. But you'll find that God will create a situation where a person will be so in need of what you know you've got that it'll be an opportunity for you to go to them and say, you know what, I, I noticed you've been struggling. From that point, a conversation will develop where you can draw them to the master of your faith, the Lord of the harvest, the one who sees them as the great resource that they are, and they too will be saved, delivered, and set free. Wow, what a message. What a word just from God, straight from heaven just for you. I hope you were blessed by that message. Listen, you've done your part. You've invested in yourself spiritually. And so I encourage you to look for a great harvest to burst forth in your life. I encourage you to not let it be occasional, but be consistent with investing in yourself. So be sure and tune in with us next time. We look forward to you fellowshipping with us via this podcast. Between now and then, be sure and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Michael Grant Ministries. You can follow us on Twitter at MG Ministries. And be sure and check out our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net. Until next time, thanks again. And remember, stay strong in the faith.